I'm Kevin H. I'm Kevin C. And I'm a Seth. And this is the Dark, Dark Windows, Windows Podcast. So just a disclaimer, we are going to talk about some things that people might not be super comfortable with. We're going to use some language, a language that people are not going to be super comfortable with. That's adult language. So, Expletives. So sit back. Relax. And enjoy the show. Or not. That's cool, too. What's going on, everybody? What's going on, Internet? How we doing? How you doing, world? How you doing, Kevin? I'm, I'm doing. You're doing? We've what are you doing? You. I'm doing the stuff and the things. How you doing, Seth? Oh, dude, I am been going crazy with cleaning my back deck, so I am all messed up on bleach and coffee. <laughs> I'm high in chlor- <laughs> chlorine. Dude, I smell like I came out of a pool that I've been in all day. <laughs> it's fan. Hey, how you doing, me? I'm good, thanks. I was well, going to ask I'm... you that, but no, somebody had to jump the gun, Mr. Hey, gun yeah. Jumper. Hey, whatever. I've got, I've got more than one person that can talk to me in my brain. So. Oh, really? Yeah. Multiple Spe- brain? Speaking of, of multiple personalities, go check out studio.com. Multiple different kinds of headphones and earmuffs. Earmuffs? Earmuffs? Asshole. In earmuffs. Headphones. Why are you stealing my thing, bro? Headphones. Earmuffs are my thing. Headphones and a few different kinds of earbuds that are super badass. And if you go and you find them and you put them in your cart, put dark windows in at your checkout, 15% off, one 5% off, five Boom. times 3% off. Boom. It's math. Awesome. Percent off. Yeah. Speaking of math. What's up? You got some painting and, stuff. And, and percentages off yeah. and such. I don't or, know about percentages. It's actually whole dollar oh, amounts. Oh, yes. That's Because right. let's be honest, folks. I can't figure out the math game. I've failed math a couple times. You ain't so good at math. Dude, horrible. Mm. Same here. But what they are talking about is the most amazing thing ever. And I've said it a couple times since I've been part of the show. It's a couple times between the beginning and the end. Gotta go to the special place of GameEnvy.net. Home of GameEnvy Creations. The true home of the hobby holder. You're asking yourself, now here people talk about the hobby holder. What is a hobby holder? Well, the yeah. hobby holder is a sweet handle and base combination. That hold your hobbies. That hold your miniature painting hobby. True story. Dude, I actually got a new one today, and it's copper and it's silver. fucking sexy. And the base mod itself glows. So, now, with the hobby holder, it's a wonderful tool. If you or anybody you know is into the painting miniature game or any kind of small painting thing you can think of, Check this sweet thing out because, honestly, it is an amazing investment. It has saved me countless time and energy, and it's also helped my hands because it's literally designed to help you hold your miniature. And the base itself is amazing because you can actually rotate it 360 degrees while you're hanging onto the handle. And then if you don't like the way the handle you know, is on the little device, pop it off, rotate it around 180 degrees, and there you go. Now you've got an 180 that's what I said. You said 180. I said 180. You, you said pop it off and spin it 180 degrees. That counts? No, it doesn't. Yes, it does. No, it's, it, it's that's rotating at 80 degrees once. Folks, I don't know how to do math, remember? Yeah, I know. We just nailed it right It's there. okay, buddy. Anyway, but yeah, you find out what you like, and they also have a variety of other cool stuff. You put that in the, the cart, and you're like, you know what? I'm, I'm going to, I need a coupon or something like that, or a checkout code. Guess what, folks? There is one, and that code is Broadstone. Now- Guys, do I really need to keep spelling it? One more time. One more time? With feeling. <clears throat> hold on. Oh, oh. Let, me, let me take you through the exercise. <sighs> Taco meat, titty meat. Taco meat, titty meat. Taco, Taco meat, titty, titty meat. All I smell is bleach. <laughs> it's a, it's, it's a, a speech exercise. 
Takumi, titty meat. Takumi, titty meat. Do it a couple of times. I don't know. I'm just making shit up as I go. Husa. Anyway, there we go. Hobby holder. Hobby holder. Hobby holder. Hobby holder. The promo code is Broadstone, folks. You get yourself a B, an R, an O, an A, and a D. You think you're done? You're not done. You don't end with the D. You do not end with a D. (laughs) Maybe you do, and that's up to you. Mm. But then you got to make sure to add in the most key part of this word, because it's a it's a big word. You got to add an S, a T, an O, an N, and that delicious looking little E. All together, it's Broadstone E. Anyway, anyway, we've already said that at the checkout, and guess what? You save yourself two dollars off each hobby holder. Not. $2 $2 off the entire order. Literally each hobby holder. So Mr. Kevin H, Mr. Kevin C, and me, we each want a hobby holder. Guess what? You put in that promo code. Done. <laughs> you put in that delicious little promo code at the end, and guess what? You got yourself $2 off each of our wonderful little hobby holders. Yeah. Mind blown. I love it. Hey, and guess what? Yeah, that's awesome. But However, uh, yeah, also, uh, we also want to... Just uh, let everyone know we uh, yeah. have expanded some horizons. Yeah, I, we I put it up on Facebook, but uh, take it yes. over, dude. Uh, we... Tone it down a little bit as background. There you go. Talk over it. Yeah, I feel like Rocky. You're supposed to talk over it, you prick. I got winded, so I couldn't keep going. I was gonna talk over it. I was like, I feel like Rocky. I'm gonna jump. I'm gonna go for that thing. We'll stop talking about Rocky, bitch, and talk. <laughs> Whoa. So we have officially joined. All right, all right. Knock that shit off. <laughs> we have officially joined a community of podcasters. We have joined. Entered who? into a tell me, tell me, partnership tell me, tell me. with the Age of Radio Podcast Network. Yeah. So we actually have are gonna have a full list of all the places Mm -hmm. you can find us at the end of the episode. Yep. We uh, expanded horizons a little bit to different uh, locations. Guess what, folks? Sorry for any everywhere. Yeah. Sorry for any confusion if you folks downloaded the went to go download the episode and then all of a sudden you saw Waverly Part Two. (laughs) Yeah, that was like. Already that, on there after again. That so. was on me because it hadn't been uploaded. It hadn't uploaded through Megaphone yet. Yeah. So that was on me. But you also got our Urban Legends the same day, which mm-hmm. is awesome. Um, but I we are I'll, I'll we'll go through it at the end of the episode. But there is a a list of like we are only going to be on about ten places now where you can download us. But if you are listening to this podcast, you can find it. It's not super hard because it's all like real big places. that yeah. You can get them anywhere. And we hope um, to be on some yeah, other little places, There's too. a couple of real big ones that at some point in time they are going to expand out to, which is going to be fucking sexy. Which, yeah, which is really cool. We wanted to share that with you all. You know, I'm like, pumped yeah. because you know what this means? Hmm. We're part of a big family. Yeah, we're, we're no longer the little redhead sitting by a cedar wall. Well, one oh. of us is. <laughs> well, oh. but no, this is awesome, man. Like, this shows that... What we're doing is good, and people like us. I hope you like us. No one sends us any emails. Yeah, I mean, and there's there's a lot of a lot of the shows that I listen to are actually on this network too, which is awesome. Like you have the girls over at Color Me Dad are on mm-hmm. here. Um, I believe are, I believe True what? Crime Trucker is on there too. That's a good show too. He's a uh, he's good guy. He's uh, does a lot of stuff on the Color Me Dead Facebook page. Mm-hmm. Super cool guy. So with that said. Yeah. What are we going to discuss we are going, this week? We are going what to... What are we talking about? Ready ourselves for the smell. The smell? Gunpowder in the air. Oh, God. And lots and lots and lots of fucking ammunition flying all over the place. Oh, is oh, this part boy. two? This is part two. Part two. 
the North Hollywood Bank Shootout. This is where everything gets real shit deep. Gets and real. Yes, this is where shit picks up with a vengeance. Um, I I wanted to kind of take a little bit of a back and go into covering, you know. So it's the Bank of America uh, branch 384, which was located at 6600 Laurel Canyon Boulevard, North Cali- uh, North Hollywood, California. Um, as uh, as we already kind of talked about, I I didn't really I wanted to go into a quick description of like the location of the bank and the surrounding areas because that's very very important. Mm. Um, <clears throat> so some of the surrounding buildings that, like I said, they're probably not going to seem important, but it really is. The bank is tucked between two customer parking lots, one in the north, one in the south. Um, so as I as I was saying Aww. before, I rudely interrupted myself. <laughs> Stop doing that. Uh, to the east is a four foot high cinder block wall, which separates the lot from the backyards of like actual like civilian homes, uh, which are on Agnes Avenue. The, that was a great name. Hey, can you, can you tell me what that uh, that that is again? I just want to look it up. Well, the, I just want to look it up on Google Maps. The, it's uh the the address for the bank is sixty six hundred Laurel Canyon Boulevard in North Hollywood, California. I don't have the zip code, which would probably help. But no, just do a Google search and that'd be fine. So as I said, the uh, the the wall separates uh, some homes on Agnes Avenue. Uh, the western boundary is the is a, a four lane uh, highway, which is Laurel Canyon Boulevard, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, across from there is uh, is the Valley Plaza Shopping Center, which was a mix of small businesses and a huge grocery store at the north end of the plaza. The surrounding area, uh, being so residential and within a half a mile of the 170 freeway, actually made this a really really prime target for a bank robbery because it seemed like it's like from every direction there's an entrance and an exit and then even from there you can literally turn around behind the building and scurry away and you have to think about it like this they came in in a beat up piece of shit car which no one would pay any attention to exactly and there's so many little side streets that you can have a getaway car parked somewhere so you can just boogie off in that car switch cars and you're on the fucking highway you're headed it's, wherever it's honestly like a grand theft auto mission if yes. you really think about it because of everything that was going on and then how conveniently placed the building is no this was on this was on the main street this, t- this took place yes not not so that because there is a as i'm looking at the map there is a like, like a back alley what, what's the what's the back alley you're looking at what's it called uh, it doesn't release. Doesn't say. I, I'm sure it, it. That one will come into play. I'm pretty sure because all of them says, do. Yeah, it just says because uh, there's. It, it's right off of uh, right off of Laurel Canyon. Um, yeah, Laurel, Laurel Canyon, and then there's the, but then there's like a, a back alley that goes behind Bank of America mm-hmm. and a couple. I don't know, yeah, probably like some other stuff. Th- those are all going to come into play here. Um, but you mentioned Grand Theft Auto missions. Yeah, <laughs> there's actually one in Grand Theft Auto Five based off of this. Goddamn. <laughs> They don't. They don't say that, but it is. You go in to a bank in full body armor with like giant, fully automatic weapons, well, rob it, be, and get out and get away. To be honest, with you a lot of times video games yeah. take inspiration from yep. real life events. Art imitating life. Jesus. And in this case, it was actually life imitating art because these guys got a lot of their ideas from the movie Heat, which is fucking awesome. If anybody has not seen that movie, Rollins. go watch it. Haven't yet. Um. So they, How not. So what we're what, let's get back to where we were. Yes, here. absolutely. Um, Sorry. It was uh, it was a, a real like we said it's a great place to rob a bank because you have so many different exits to, to yeah. get through there, egress um, points all around. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So the beginning of the robbery. This is either the best timing of all time or the worst timing of all time because at around nine fifteen on February twenty eighth in nineteen ninety seven, 
Larry Phillips and Emil Matasaranu pulled into the north into the north lot of the bank in a white Chevy Celebrity. Side note, my grandmother actually had a Chevy Celebrity, except it was a station wagon. And that's how you got your face all beat up. <laughs> it is, actually. I, I remember I ran you, into it. You told me that off air, I think. <laughs> um, to, to prove what kind of dickheads these guys really are. Do we really need to prove it since we already kind of know? They parked in the one handicapped parking spot in the entire parking lot. Come on. Are you serious right now? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're fucking douchebags. Well, well, I mean, no. Well, it makes sense, though, to be really honest, because you want to have as much room to be able to get in because you don't want anybody like to to possibly park you in. That's fair enough. But the thing that doesn't make any sense is they pulled into the parking spot. I would have backed in so that if you hop in that car. Well, can they boogie. drive out of it, though? Nope. Because it's it uh, it butts right up against a wall. Oh, then that yeah that was oh, so it was yeah, stupid. Yeah. That, but okay. Um. Anyway, they must have had a reasoning for it, like I, in the long term, like maybe just park there and then scurry to the back lot and then disappear the, up that way. The, the thing is, with, with these two guys, they're two polar opposites of each other. You have Larry Phillips, who is OCD, uh, yeah, like, obsessive compulsive, planned everything out. Like his body armor when he built it himself. Mm. Everything was sewn together. Like he had very, he had like the was pit- stitched, and exactly. I remember you saying that everything was overlapped and made he, sure there was no gaps. So the other guy was like, "Yeah, duct tape and bubblegum." Fine. And the only gaps he left were the pivot points for like joints and stuff like that. Mm. Emil Matasaranus was basically just like thrown into a sweatshirt, essentially, and the, like they were just stacked on top of each other. So when he would when he moved, so they would like shift back and forth, which doesn't uh, doesn't work real well for body armor because it's like a kid when he's trying to be a robot, he uses the cardboard box yeah, with that he, aluminum tape. He, he was lazy and like with larry phillips they they each had a uh, a stopwatch that they had sewn into either the sleeve or the glove on their on their hand phillips sewed his in modest like wrapped like a velcro strap around it just pfft, done i, so I it, probably would have did the velcro strap too but i would have made sure that but it, it's the two different mindsets where yeah. you have you know which is amazing to me that the brains that, and the brawn well yeah <laughs> that they work so well in previous things like previous uh I don't want to call it jobs, but yeah, previous yeah, essentially, jobs. Essentially, yeah. But as they as they got out of the car and uh, they grabbed their rifles from the trunk, I, I think I think here we kind of have a, a little bit of a, a myth that they talk about a lot with them, where they grab the rifles out of the trunk, which I don't think these guys would have done if they were given themselves an eight minute time limit. They would have been locked, rocked, and ready to you know ready to go. They would have had their rifles in the back seat, so you don't have to pop the trunk. You get out, pop the back door, grab your shit, and you're in the bank no pop yeah, in the yeah, trunk yeah. you know because there's a lot of it like oh they went they had to go to the trunk and load up no bullshit these guys were they had fucking weapons racked they were loaded they were ready to go they just got out grabbed them and they were in the bank um, you never know though depending yeah on their space you never and, know right I mean, wait but, was this a this was a regular car or wasn't a station wagon nope this okay. is just a, a four-door sedan but uh after after their their first little incident with the police where they got arrested and they had all these guns in the trunk i think these guys would have been had him in the back seat, like maybe a towel or a blanket or something over top of him, just so that they're out of sight and they're ready to go at the drop of a hat. True, uh, very true. But this was what? What year? Nineteen ninety-seven. Okay, so pretty much before the real strict gun laws and oh no, the, well, the assault rifle ban went in in ninety-four. Really? Okay. Yeah, but, yeah, but before like any like a lot of video cameras. Yeah, I mean, yeah, so the, and security cameras back then were yeah, dog shit. Yeah, I mean, so you you they probably could have because they're probably. Had scoped area out, like you had said before. The thing is, there's no footage of these guys going from the parking lot into the bank. The first footage that you really get is like... Inside? No, and that's that's just stills. 
But the first real footage that you get of these guys is a little bit down the road when the first police helicopter shows up and they're already outside shooting at the cops. So there's no, they don't have any inside. There's, there's uh, surveillance stills. There's no video. Oh, okay. Because I don't think the bank technically has to release those to the public. The video itself, they can release the, like the stills and stuff. I don't think they actually have to release the video. Yeah, to release anything, I don't think. Right. We talked about the the eight minute time limit that they were giving themselves last time. Yep. Yep. Um. So at nine sixteen, they enter the bank. As they entered the bank, officers Martin Perello. Uh, I'm sorry. Officer Martin Perello passed by and saw them walking into the bank, full body armor, balaclavas, and rifles. So I'm his, like, what are these guys doing? Going to a costume party or something? Like he 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 literally drove by as they were walking from the car into the door, and he's like, "Oh shit!" He instantly called in a two eleven, which is the LA police code for an armed robbery. Turned around at the intersection of Archwood and Agnes, and went back to the bank. Hmm. Uh, Perello, who had been on the job for only eighteen months. And his partner, who was uh, Lauren uh, uh, Lauren Farrell, who had been their uh, police officer for nine years, pulled into the south lot of the bank and took cover behind a truck where Farrell would make the first call of the entire situation. But he he essentially says, uh, 15A43 requesting assistance, possible 211 in progress, Bank of America, Bank of America, Laurel Canyon, north, uh, north of Kitteridge, is the call that he makes. At this point in time, there's another person in the mix who... So he was in the worst place at the worst time. He was a 32-year-old man who was at the ATM waiting for his receipt when he felt a presence behind him. He turned, uh, he would later say as he turned, he uh, he was expecting to see one of the bank guards, but came face-to-face with uh, armed, fully body-armored, douchebag, big, muscular Larry Phillips, who said to him, okay, let, okay, let's go, motherfucker, you're coming with us. And they dragged this dude into the bank. This is where... But- this also shows that they were very thorough in their job, that they weren't going to see somebody at the ATM mm-hmm. and let them go. That is like, all right, if anybody's just 10 feet away from the door, grab them and yep. pull them in. Exactly. Because in that way, it's less chance of having somebody run away and notifying the police or anybody. Because this is also like the very, very early stages of normal people having cell phones, too. Like being able to afford like a cell phone or a car phone or some shit like that. Back phone was really the... Stuff. I mean, yeah. I mean, well, oh god, one of those old school brick cell phones that you could bludgeon somebody to death or with. Or shit, this was the mid '90s. There was a payphone every thirty feet. You know, yeah. I miss payphones. And you don't. I'm pretty sure with a payphone, you don't have to put money in to make a call to nine one one. You're just no. Nope. So, so this is where where stuff really like starts to get serious and starts to pick up steam. Uh, Phillips and Modesto, <laughs> uh, Phillips and Modesto enter the bank with the ATM customer uh, into the main lobby. A teller saw them coming in and dropped to the floor, and she hit the uh, the hold up alarm under the desk. Very um, smart. Exactly. Uh, both men raised their rifles, and Mata Serrano yelled, "Everybody down, motherfucker! Get down, or I will kill your ass!" Quote unquote. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, he fired a series of rounds. At, he he yelled this, and then started sh- shooting into the ceiling, trying to you know scare the shit out of people. Which mm. surprise, surprise, you fire an automatic weapon around people that aren't used to guns. Scares the shit out of them. Just fire any gun around somebody that yeah. doesn't know what the hell is going on. Then all of a sudden they're going to be like, nope. Uh, so they, they continued making their way through the bank, shouting and firing and waiting for their demands to be fulfilled. As this is going on, Officer Perello, Officer, I'm sorry. As this is going on, Officers Perello and Farrell had separated a short distance and Farrell made the call to dispatch. Uh, Laurel Canyon, north of Kitteridge, we have shots fired. That's w- got to be the scariest thing. I'm sorry to cut you off. Oh, but- Absolutely. 
I know from I don't know if you guys ever had this with your parents, but my parents had a scanner. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. mine too. So yeah. you're used to like you hear a few things and you're like, oh, okay, but usually like, some drunk getting pulled over and you know. yeah, or you know some kids breaking things or vandalism. And given we live in small towns, we grew up in small towns. Yep. I know it's different in cities, mm-hmm. but there are occasional times where you can just hear the emotion. Oh, yeah. On like when you li- like I grew up in list watching Rescue Nine One One and two <sighs> of these other shows and it's like I don't know what it would be like to be on the other side of being the nine one one operator there because you hear like all these different things with them like both good and bad but I- I'll tell you right now the the woman that is doing dispatch for this department is a fucking legend because you have all these guys calling in. We have shots, fires, we have officers down. I need, I need assistance right now. I'm bleeding. And she's just like, okay, stay calm. Stay with me. Like, dude, she's a fucking badass. And I'm going to put some of her stuff in here. But the reason that I want to put these audio clips in is because you can hear their emotion. Exactly. It's, you're going to hear what they're feeling more than me just reading it. So fearing for the safety of everybody in the bank Farrell deployed officers to uh, to two strategic positions located around the exterior of the bank. Uh, at this point in time, keep in mind with all of this shit that's been going on and everything we've covered over the last, I don't know, 20 minutes, this robbery has been in progress for less than a minute. It's a lot of just bang, bang shit happening. This that is, is well-oiled and well-practiced machine right this there. Is fucking, I don't want to give them is, any credit, but exactly, you, you got to be impressed. This is fucking like six, four, three double plays everywhere. Just shit going on all different directions wow. everywhere. Like this whole thing lasted 44 minutes and I have 20 pages of research on it. <laughs> to be honest, though, you're pretty thorough with your research. You know? So back inside the bank, uh, Modest Serrano had reached the door, uh, the door of the teller station, which had a what they referred to as a bandit barrier, which is an inch and a quarter thick sheet of polycarbonate, which was uh, it, it'll stop up to a 44 round. <clears throat> so it's which is a big ass hand. The gun. prerequisite to Lexan. Essentially, yeah. But, I mean, it, it, it'll stop a forty four Magnum. That's a, that's a big handgun round. Yeah, dude, that's a fucking beast of a gun. Turns out it won't stop a 7.62 by three nine, which is the rounds uh, that these guys are firing out of the AKs that they had. What can? <clears throat> Not much, um, as we'll see. Uh, so he essentially just shreds this door with his rifle, just sweeping it up and down, kicks the door in, goes in. He finds a man named John Villagrena, who is the bank VP, and he was actually the essentially the manager on duty at the time. Uh, he fucking grabbed him and he's like, listen, I want all this money. And he takes, he was like, I want all the money, everything that's in the vault. I want it now. So he takes him to the, you know, he, he follows him to the vault. They then went back to the teller line to retrieve the second key because the VP had one. And there's another one that uh, is, is at the teller station. Cause you have to have two keys to get into the vault. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just like a redundant, redundant redundancy. Thing. Yes, exactly. Double and triple redundancy. Yep. So Mata Serrano, who's getting super frustrated at this point in time, cracked him in the back of the head with, uh, he had a, a folding wire stock. So it's like almost, Ow. it'd be like getting hit in the head with like a rod, like a rod iron pole almost. Mm. You fucking just dusted him. Just Out like him. a light after that. There ain't no way coming back. Didn't go down. Are you kidding me? Dude, this guy, this guy's a badass. Like the bank president was, and you know, it was like, you know, people will say, well, he just, he just gave him the money. What the fuck would you do in that situation? You have two giant men in there with automatic weapons and body armor. I would, I would f- do fucking naked cartwheels if they told me to. I'm not gonna <laughs> lie. I'll be straightforward and honest. My life means more to me than a bank that I may probably make minimum wage, decent amount of money. The way I look at it, it's not my money. 
Yeah. <laughs> it's and insured. It's like, Fuck it. Take it. I can find another job. Yep. And like, you're not going to get fired for getting your ass kicked in a robbery, you know? So if you get fired for someone pointing a gun at you, well, guess what? You yeah. have a you could probably sue him for that. Oh yeah. So Matasaranu and uh, Villagrana entered the uh, the safety deposit room, and there was five people in there. Um, Matasaranu told him to get out, and when he decided they were taking too long, he just started fucking firing into the roof again. Obviously, people clear out pretty quickly. So in a little under a minute, the gunman had entered the bank, taking control of the customers and staff, and. All they needed to do now was get the money and just boogie. Uh. So they, at this point in time, they still have seven minutes to collect money. Who knows if maybe, you know, if they're like, oh, we got the money quick. Maybe we'll just start taking people's wallets and shit, too. But these guys wouldn't be shocked to, if they were that kind of pack of douchebags. Be like, okay, well, give me your wallet. <laughs> well, that could be gr- getting greedy. Yeah. Well, it's like with serial killers. You give yourself these little allowances Every time, you know, you're getting more comfortable, more comfortable, more comfortable. And then after you give yourself a certain amount of allowances, you're now taking chances. Also, with the frustration of things going on. And this is probably their biggest score. So they're like, well, let's do it. (laughs) They thought this was going to be their biggest score. But, you know, but, you know. I I hate to tell you, they don't make it out of this one. No. Spoiler alert. Um, Oh, sorry. No, no worries. Um, But no, I'd like I'd like to, you know, at some point in time, maybe do an episode on the uh, the gentleman bank robber Jack. fucking uh john dillinger where he would go into a bank and you know people would start trying to hand him their wallets and he's like i'm not here for your money i'm here for the banks that's a good fucking dude <laughs> that right there is a robin hood yeah exactly um well that's why you know a lot of people i mean they praised him but same time they were like holy shit you know? yeah it's like you're scaring the shit out of people but you're not at least taking their money so at around uh, 9.19, detectives Tracy Angelus and William Krulak arrived in the shopping plaza across from the bank. Krulak, so this great is, last so, name. Uh, so, so this is now four officers, right? Yes. At this point in time, this so is two four. on the south side and two, two on, across the street in the, in the, the, street. In the plaza. Okay. Yep. So these are officially the first four officers to arrive yep. on scene. Um, There's still nobody at the north side. Not yet. Um, so they, they arrive at the shopping plaza. Uh, Krulak would later recall, we felt like we had a couple of guys in the bank with handguns. So we felt pretty secure across the street behind a kiosk. They were behind a, um, I think it was a, a key cutting kiosk where you're just like, you know, oh, you need a spare key, just fucking get it done. Yeah. So, you know, you got that distance and you got a little building. You're, you're probably okay. You know, hiding from a pistol over there. Sergeant Larry Hayes would pull his car up across the southbound lane of Laurel Canyon, effectively blocking two lanes of the highway at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, less than a minute after Sergeant Haynes arrived, he noticed that the front door, uh, he noticed the front door open. He called over the radio let, uh, to let everybody else know. Um, Phillips had opened the front door, stepped out and stepped outside to take a look. At this point in time, the only police car he would have been able to see was, uh, was uh, Sergeant Haynes cruiser, which was in the middle of the street. Obviously, it's pretty easy to see. You're parked across two lanes. You got lights going. You're you're very visible, and you're parked right by the main door. Yeah, because now, I mean, I'm just looking at pictures now. Yeah. So where they're talking about now is just a parking lot. Yep. It doesn't have the kiosk or anything. Well, and... no, that you have to remember this is 21 years ago now. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm just but, saying. Yeah. It, you know, I mean, just to give everybody, you know, and I mean the the kiosk. I almost think it might have been like a mobile kind of thing where they could have just packed it up and moved it. It didn't seem like it was real big at all. Well, back then you didn't really. It was, I mean, what was it? Key cutting? Yeah, it was key cutting. It was yeah. a fucking plywood building with a desk in it. Yeah, you didn't really need too much of anything. <laughs> no. 
for that. You don't need to insulate it. You're in California. He, they pulled up to the southbound yeah. lane, blocked two lanes of traffic. So he he may have been a little misled. Uh, Phillips might have been a little misled at this point in time, thinking that there's maybe one, possibly two officers on scene so far, when there's actually now a total of six. Phillips didn't really seem upset or intimidated in seeing the car, and he just went back inside. Um, I should probably also mention, I don't know if I mentioned it last week or not, these guys are all jacked up on uh, phenobarbital, which is a, a muscle, yeah, it's a, a muscle relaxant. Yeah, it's, a ha- it's like a very strong muscle relaxer. Which is going to come into play pretty pretty clearly here. The bank had actually changed their cash delivery system um, from the one bulk delivery to uh, having it broken up into uh, five smaller boxes, which, they call, which were called burger boxes. And part of that reason is because in the early to mid 90s, L.A. was the bank robbery capital of the world, essentially. Like there was banks being robbed every single day. So they were like, well, we need to figure out how these guys are not because at that point in time, you could grab a bag and have eight hundred thousand dollars in it. Well, yeah, I mean, L.A. wasn't exactly uh, it was a fucking war zone in yeah. the 90s. You yeah, know? it wasn't. Look at Predator, too. Yeah. <laughs> Escape like, LA. Well, no, and like it's a kind of a joke, but that was kind of their. They said it's a war zone out here because there was always gunfights. There's always something going on back mm-hmm. then that there was so much heat, violence, and anger just in that area, which yeah, is insane to think about. Racial it. and everything. It was the fucking wild west. Yeah, you know? I mean, I, I just remember being in high school. You know, well, start of middle school, grade school, whatever, into high school, and just you know. You see in the news, oh, what's going on? Yeah, in LA? Exactly. one thing after another. But I, I that kind of like, I was kind of like, how bad really was it? And I found some interviews from a, a retired bank president who was a, he was a president of a, I want to say it was a Wells Fargo. He was the president of it from like 1975 to 1995. Mm. And he said that the branch that he was in, in, in like 19, he couldn't remember, couldn't recall exactly if it was 92 or 93, but the branch that he was based out of was robbed four times in one week. Wow. That's fucking crazy. You know, um, back to old wild, wild west. Exactly. You know, you know, um, but so basically they were broken up into, into the five smaller boxes so that you couldn't just snatch one bag and be off with a bunch of money. You'd have to actually work for it. Smart. Exactly. The, the big problem for the robbers was that the bank had not yet received their bulk cash delivery. But if we go back to Larry Phillips, who was back in the lobby, um, he ordered, he ordered the guard who was in there to make everybody go into the vault when he told them to. So basically, he was like, when I tell you, you get all these people up and you put them in the vault. If you don't, I'm going to kill all of you. I I don't think he would have hesitated to actually kill people in this bank. Wow. I mean, he was he was a scary man. Um, so three minutes later, Officer Martin Whitfield would pull up, uh, would pull his car up behind Sergeant Haynes, who was across the the uh, the highway. Uh-huh. Uh, these two would be the primary targets for what was about to happen. Um Back in the bank, Matasaranu and Villagrena were in the main vault, and this is where they kind of run into a problem. Uh, Matasaranu is getting pissed off. He's losing patience. I he's, guess that muscle relaxer is wearing off. Yeah. And, and Like, I don't mean that in a joke. I mean, like, like serious, because yeah. after a while, if that's wearing off, all of a sudden your real aggression and your attitude starts flaring up. But there's a, there's a lot of, like like, speculation that these guys were both, like, real heavy steroid users too. Oh Jesus. So I cocktail I for crazy. I couldn't find any like confirmation on it, but the way they're acting, I'm like, 
yeah, I could understand these guys having some fucking roid rage and just being like freaking out about every tiny little thing pissing them off. I could see that. So well, you know. a little side story. Uh, back when I was younger, I was actually on a steroid for uh, two sinus tumors that I had in my sinus cavity. Right. And one of the things they gave me to reduce it was a steroid. Mm-hmm. And they're like, you may feel some adverse effects of it. Mm-hmm. And when... At the height of it, I was literally on edge all the time. I was angry at every little nitpick thing. And I remember clear as day, my mom came in my room just to ask me a quick question or say hi or something like that. And I lost it. just because had, had a I, raging bull moment? Dude, not even that. Like, it was way worse than that. It was like Oof. a raging orangutan or something. <laughs> I, no, in all seriousness, though. She came in, it was something simple and nonchalant, and I literally lost my shit, and I was screaming at her, told her to get the fuck out of my room, I didn't want to see her, didn't want her to be there, and I was like, I'm I'm kind of an angry person as it is, but I know how to keep it in check, Right. but being on those, I swore I was like, I never want to be on anything like that again, that will change my mood that much. And she told me, she's like, that day you had like malicious intent in your eyes. She's like, I was actually worried. And and yours was just a pharmaceutical to try to help you with something. These guys were on like human growth hormone kind of stuff, like yeah. bodybuilder. Oh, I know. Get- I actually had a buddy in high school that was on that when we played football and he would literally juice himself up before every game. And that's when he would hit crazy. people, he would hit them and scream in their face when they're on the ground that he was going to kill them. Jesus Christ. But no one knew except for a handful of us. So at Sorry. The, oh, no worries. Back to the main story. Side quest completed. So at this Game point... Uh, XP. <laughs> at this point, uh, Vill, uh, Villagrena, who is just in absolute panic, he's in total fear for his life because he doesn't know if he's going to go home and see his family after this. He doesn't know if he's getting out of the day alive, essentially. Back outside, the car of, officer, of rookie officer James Zavoraban and Stuart Guy pulls up. Wait, Zavoraban? Zavoraban. Z-B- Such a great name. Right? I, I I can't quite pinpoint where it's from, but it's a cool one. It's a Z-B-O-R-A-V-A-N. Uh, so Zavoraban had actually graduated from the police academy the previous December. And uh, like, you know, anybody that's starting a new job, you, you want to, you're enthusiastic. You want to show that you're, you know, a team player. You want to get out there yeah, and help everybody. Sh- so that you're worth your medal and that you were worth their time and energy. Exactly. Or are, are you just that dumbass rookie that, you know, full of piss and vinegar and thinks that they can take on the world and I can, you know, I can do this and well, all that good stuff. That's true, but not in this case. This guy was a bad motherfucker. He... So Zaboravan and, and Guy uh, joined Detectives Angelus and Kurlak behind the uh, the kiosk. So I'm going to set it up for you. We have Phillips and Matasaranu in the bank. We have Haynes and Whitfield uh, in the north end of the parking lot. We have an officer, uh, Bert Linger, to the northeast. Zaboravan, Guy, Angelus, and Kurlak are across the street behind the kiosk. I apologize for all the names, but they are all important. And I know what's going to confuse people. It confused the shit out of me trying to type this stuff up. So back in the bank, Matasaranu... Oh, so wait, let's go over this again. Yep. You said you had two guys to the north. Yep. One guy northeast. Uh, across the building. Four across the park, across the road behind the kiosk. What about the what about the two uh, to the south? Are those ones that moved over? They moved over. Uh, you had Haynes and Whitfield who were oh, okay, still okay. kind. Of, they were kind of floating around in okay, that general okay. area. So we still have. So we have. So we have no one south. Not yet. Okay. So back in the bank, Mata Saranu is he's 
still trying to get all the cash together. This is where he gets super pissed off because these guys were expecting a somewhere around the neighborhood of eight hundred to nine hundred thousand dollars. He ended up with three hundred and three thousand three hundred and five dollars. That was a lot of threes. And three die packs in the cash. Oh God. <laughs> so they, they had a there's an old saying that goes with the die packs when you check money in them. If it don't bend, it don't spend. So they had but you they, get too far, it's blowing up in your face. Right. And these these were the radio activated ones where if they got too mm. far away from the bank without being deactivated, they would they would pop and it would mess the money up. They did get kind of lucky in that area where most of the money was still bricked and plastic. So a lot of it didn't get ruined when the die packs exploded. But we'll get to that. So after Mata Serrano exits the vault, uh, Phillips gave the guard the order to get everybody up and get him into the vault. So all of the customers and the employees were were now in the ball in the vault in the balls. <laughs> Phillips exit. Ex, Phillips exits. Blatter, 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 Jesus blatter. H Christ! I can't talk. Uh, That's Phillips, why I just ruined that part for you. Oh no, dude! I, my fucking mouth fucked me. So <laughs> at this His point, fucking mouth. My fucking him. mouth fucking fucked me right in the fuck. The uh, the the recording at quote of the night. That's a lot of fucks. <laughs> Actually, um, yes. So at this point in time, Phillips exits the bank and begins firing at the officers outside. Zero hesitation. He, he didn't know. He didn't fucking hesitate. He opened the door and just started fucking hosing people down. The the weird, okay. the weird part is, for whatever reason, Emil Madison stayed in the bank for four minutes after Larry Phillips began firing at, at police officers. Probably like, shit, I don't know. I'm going to let him handle his thing. Probably had his like, oh, fuck, this is for real moment. <laughs> or the other option is that it could have been one of those things where, okay, we only see a couple cops. You should be able to handle this. Mm-hmm. And he could probably put, take him out. Because which one of them was the better shot? Do we discuss that last time? Doesn't uh, really say, but Larry Phillips is definitely the aggressor of the entire situation. Yeah, but probably... Because uh, I knew one of them was more of a gun enthusiast. Ma- Mata Serrano was, was a gun collector. Yeah. But Larry Phillips had a more aggressive streak in him. Okay, because like I was the, thinking, this, I'm like, well, the one that's more gun you know, eccentric or the one that's more proficient with firearms would go out and try to take pot shots at him the, to coax him into an open spot where the other guy's like, stay in here, I'll take care of this. You keep getting, like, try to get us money or whatever. I'm almost wondering if, if the reason that Mata Serrano stayed in is if he was trying to check the money to see if there was any, you know, any die packs or radio, like, transmitters or any shit like that. Yeah, definitely possible. But Larry Phillips was the most aggressive man in Los Angeles on this day. Like, and he wasn't really taking a lot of pot shots. He was sticking to three, they said uh, around three to six round controlled fire, very accurate, like, for the most part, he was hitting what he was aiming at. We can probably what get some kind of video and put it in. The, oh yeah, there's the plenty of video, and I'll, okay. I will put a lot of it in here. Okay. Um, so the time is now 9:24 a.m. The pair have been in the bank for just around seven minutes. Most of the officers outside expected that the robbers would exit, notice they were surrounded, go back in, barricade themselves, and wait for SWAT to come in and do what SWAT does. Um, but uh, they didn't. It's worse. Yeah, this is where this is where shit picks up. Like I keep saying that, but this is where it you know just it just keeps it's snowballing at this point in time. There's no stopping this entire thing. I just thought I just I'm sorry oh. I got a butt in on this one. Don't so, don't don't apologize. So it just kind of it's I just struck me. So you're saying it's just after nine. Mm-hmm. So banks the bank just opened. The bank opened at nine o'clock. So which is what this is kind of like interesting because 
how many people are at the, in the bank at nine o'clock in the morning? Not very many. So, which is really good because you get in there as early as possible. You have to deal with many people. Yep. Everybody's still trying to like the, the workers. They're still trying to get their shit together. Yep. They're still setting up you know, for the because day. They're, they're, is there a bank? When you go, you know, any anybody that's a bank, you know, they they show up at nine and open up. Yeah. So they're still you trying know. to get themselves squared away. They're maybe it's, getting a cup of coffee. Yeah, you're counting your you're it's, counting it's, your till. You're exactly. filling, filling out some paperwork. Yeah, maybe getting money to put in the in the uh, the drawer, like usual milling around shit that everybody does pre trip. I was gonna say let, let let's be real. It's the first half an hour of work that everybody goes through where you don't really do much. You just get ready for the day. Yeah, I mean, you know, actually, so, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, that's you know. So they did it smart. They were just like maybe we can get in there, get out, not deal with many people. And I mean, maybe in, also, also I was thinking about, you know, okay, why Phillips went out, took the shots. Maybe, I mean, yes, it could have been Montesano was just was checking for the die packs. But maybe also it was, okay, I'm going to go out. I know there's some guys out there. I'm going to shoot at them. You know, I don't want both of us to get hit. Right. So it also it, shows maybe, people in the bank that I'm serious. And I'm yeah. willing to fucking go after cops. Exactly. So they're going to give the guy who's in the bank it, the money. And we got to have one guy in here just so that... In case know, somebody some, gets froggy and you can yeah, put him down. Yeah, somebody doesn't go all John Wayne and just, you know... Hey, make but, my day, motherfucker. But, but also think yeah. about it like this. If you're Larry Phillips, you're confident in your setup, you can take a couple of 9 millimeter rounds. Fuck it. Your body armor is put together very well. Your you buddy researched it, and I guarantee they've tested it. Your homeboy threw his shit in a trash bag and put it on like a fucking poncho. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you right. know? Um... So nine, what is it? Nine twenty. It's nine twenty four right now. Okay. This, this whole they've been the whole thing is taken at this point in time around seven minutes. Nine twenty four, seven minutes in, we have uh, shots what? fired directly shots at fired. officers at this point in time. Shots fired at officers. We have a total of eight outside. Uh, at this point in time, it's around eight or ten. Yeah, okay. um, eight outside. We you know they've got them kind of surrounded. Only way out it's going to be out through the back entrance, right? Mm-hmm. So well, or. The thing is, these guys were so heavily armed that whatever fucking direction they set off in was their exit. Yeah, but they're they, going to have to go. They have to get to a vehicle. I mean, get to a vehicle. Okay. Well, then then you're pretty much, you know, hey, well, guess what? Haha, fuckers. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're firing at officers who are wearing body armor. That's like the soft plate stuff, which is meant to stop pistol rounds. So it's probably you are two, using right? armor piercing 7.62 by 3.9 rounds. These things will go through a fucking building. Not only that, when you look at the pictures of the dudes in the armor, they they look like seriously walking automatons. And they were big guys anyway. I mean, Larry Phillips was like 6'2", Matasarano was around the same, and they were both bodybuilders. They were big Well, that's what I'm saying is like they have a physically imposing look that most Mm -hmm. of the time you're not expecting to see. Yeah, 7'6'2 is just, it's an armor piercer no matter what. It's, it's, (laughs) It's not the most accurate at distance round. But, but if the, you shoot enough of them, spray and pray, and at, at the distance that they're that firing long. at these officers, total how, of maybe a hundred fifty yards most. Uh, well, the 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 website I got a lot of my research from was going it in meters. So they're saying that at, at this point in time, the furthest officers away were sixty eight meters away, which is what about forty yards, if that. You know? Yeah, I'm saying a so maximum of 50 yards. That we're dealing with less than a football field of distance for most of the time with this yeah. entire gunfight. Sweet Christmas. Yeah. So at this, as as he starts firing, uh, Officer Haynes is at his uh, at the driver's side of his cruiser trying to deal with three civilian witnesses. 
they only give last names. The last names are Fisher, Golding, and Horan. Uh, yeah, because honestly, I don't really. Yeah. I don't really want to know the victims' full no. names because honestly, that just brings up old memories for even if they don't listen, someone may right. know them, and then it's just it's a sad situation. So he's uh, he's dealing with these guys as Larry Phillips steps out of the bank and levels his uh, his Norinco Type Fifty Six. Um, as I said last time, all of the weapons that they had in the vehicle were illegally. Mo- well, I'm sorry, all of the rifles that they had in their vehicle were illegally modified to fire fully automatic. Um, they had a they had three Norinco AK-47s, a Heckler and Coke 91A3, which is a 308 firing in fully automatic. It's uh, anybody that plays Call of Duty or anything like that. It's the G3, the big, long, goofy looking battle rifle, but it is a fucking beast. And they also had a Bush. Oh they had a Bushmaster XM15 Dissipator, which is an AR-15. <laughs> I had a Bushmaster AR-15, and that thing was a fucking workhorse. Yeah, dude, Bushmaster but, makes. Well, they used to make yeah. a really good rifle. And um, I'm just thinking about it. Also, how much weight is all of that? Like combined with armor, you have the weapons, you have the ammo for the weapons. You know, they have. Obviously, they're going to have extra magazines on them. I can tell you right now, the AK weighs a. About twelve pounds, but just he had seventy-five round drum magazines. He had one in it, which is heavy as fuck. Then he had three on him at the same time, plus his body armor. So he's <sighs> dealing with he's dealing with some weight. But when you have that much firepower, you don't have to move fast. No, exactly. But it's just the point of it's amazing to me having that much gear, that much of like weight on you. Mm-hmm. And yet, still walking around like, all right, when the time comes, I can peel all this off yep. and I'm gone. And they still don't know what they look like. And he wasn't he wasn't firing from the hip. He was shouldering, firing, accurate, mm-hmm. very yeah. very controlled bursts of fire. He was yeah, he yeah. was looking he was looking to kill people. Oh yeah, yeah, I, I, I he, definitely remember that. You know, um, so Officer Haynes sees the rifle swing towards him, uh, yells a warning to the civilians um, just as the first shots rang out. The rounds are traveling at almost 2,500 feet per second as they rip into the police cruiser. That's fucking cruising. Like, and they're not... Hot a, knife through butter. Exactly. I'll put some pictures up because I, I do have a, a rifle that fires a 7.62. It's not a small round for by any means. It's it's a, you know, it's a it's a good-sized rifle round. Um, so as the rounds are hitting the car, there's glass, there's pieces of shrapnel flying everywhere. Officer Haynes did the smartest thing that he could have done. He took cover behind the engine block, which is essentially the only part of a car that's going to stop a bullet. Depends what size bullet, but yes. These guys don't have 50s. 308 probably will go through the engine block. We'll see. I uh, it will <laughs> it it will it will dis it will disable that. It looks like we need to look disable it up the vehicle, the but it might not go all the way through the block to hit somebody. Who gives a shit if the car runs um, at this point in time? So, as I said, he took cover behind it. Um, Phillips noticed movement behind another vehicle, which was Officer Martin Whitfield. He had his entire length, he had the entire length of his vehicle between him and the shooter. So he was essentially at the trunk, getting down. He got down behind the the, the mm-hmm. back of the trunk. So he had the entire vehicle between him. No bullets um, going to travel through that. No. He uh, Phillips at this point in time emptied the rest of a seventy-five round drum ma- uh, drum magazine at Whitfield. I could not fucking imagine what that must have. 
if you're leaned up against the car, can you imagine what that would feel like? Having all these bullets hit and just be like, fuck, Easy. fuck, 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 fuck. Let me just start, like, have you go up against, like, a small wall and let me kick at it. Yeah. It'd be essentially leaning against a, a, dry, a, a, dry, a piece of drywall and having somebody punch the other side of it. So as rounds, uh, as rounds impacted the car and windshield, uh, glass shattered and hit Officer Whitfield in the torso. Whitfield would later say that he said he uh, he said to himself in his like in his mind, "You've been shot. Don't panic." And then I was shot again. Uh, so around uh, sixty feet to the west of Whitfield, um, near the northeast entrance, uh, was Officer Dean Schram and William Lance. At this point in time, Lance had been the official officer, had been an official police officer for five days. His first week on the job, and he's dealing with this shit. <laughs> Only way to learn is to get, get thrown right <laughs> into the fire. Hey, I couldn't imagine. Um, hmm. Okay, so, yeah, that's, 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 a, that's a fucked up week. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Lance and Shram this, uh, decided to relocate to the nearby Del Taco parking lot to take cover. Uh, they crossed Archwood. As they crossed, I'm sorry, as they crossed Archwood, um, Shram turned to face Phillips. Uh, Lance was still crossing with his back to Phillips. So I'm guessing uh, Shram had found somewhere to take some cover to, you know, give his partner some some cover fire if he has to. Um, okay, so by this time, they're, they're, they're a good distance away now. Right. But still, I mean, yeah. you can still get hit at that distance. Oh, yeah. So uh, Lance is still running out in the wide open. He's armed with a 12-gauge pump-action shotgun. Which is not exactly the best situation to, to be in, in a, a long range, a semi long range firefight like but that. But if that's all you have. Exactly. I mean, it's it's better to put fucking rounds down range than it is to not. Those fucking BBs are going to land they're using in double, the parking lot. No, they're using double out buckshot. They're, so you're mm. at, a, at around, you can hit at, with buckshot, you can hit it around 100 yards. You're not going to fucking hit barely anything, but you can still do it on like a, just a, a fucking whim. You can still hit something. Probably I don't know I don't know they're probably using a short barrel. No, no this this was this was just their standard cruiser so this, gun. So, so this the, wasn't like a, a breaching. Uh, yeah, uh, but no, no, it wasn't a long barrel. It was a, it's a standard shotgun. It was, like what do you think of? It's one of those it was probably ones an that eighteen inch barrel, like a like almost like a bird gun. Yeah, it's you know? one of those ones okay, that well, would probably yeah. mount yeah. like right by the driver's All side, right. so you could pop it off the All hinge. Right. So, yeah, yeah, so I mean, with 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 buckshot, you you can hit somebody at that. Um. So Officer Lance uh, uh, Lance took a uh, he took a round to the inside of his left knee, but somehow got himself into cover as uh, as Shram provided him cover fire. So he just took a large caliber bullet to the knee, which has got to fucking suck. Your knee's fucked. Yeah, it, it doesn't really say how serious of a wound it was. If it was just a, a doesn't glance, matter. It's still gonna suck. It blew well, his fucking knee apart. But what, I'm sorry that's to what I'm saying is it like that, what I'm but... saying is they don't really specify if it was a solid hit or if it was just a grazing wound, but he still got shot in the knee. He got fucking shot. Well, you I, don't, you don't, you just don't fuck around with that. You're just like, okay, well, well I just in, got fucking okay, shot. Think about it though. If it's in the knee, so if it, if it just goes across your knee, okay, yeah, it's a grazing shot, but it's still but if hurt. it goes in your knee, <laughs> you're done. Your knee's probably <laughs> fucked. Yeah. Um, you're, you're out of the you, fight. Not yeah. your knee, probably your whole fucking leg. Um, actually, uh, I don't know if you guys listen to drinking bros at all. Are you used to, uh, Derek Wida that's on there? The like, giant crossfit guy he's a former he's a veteran who lost his leg in afghanistan i believe took a 7.62 round to the knee and it literally blew his fucking leg off from the knee down 
Like it was just kind of the only thing really holding it there was skin and pants when his buddies got to him. So they this fucking round will do some damage, mm. especially considering these guys are using armor piercing rounds, which not much is going to stop. I think that. A, a 762 was there was a difference because I, I thought they were always all armor piercing nope. anyway. Nope, you can get them in just the regular uh, like what I what I use the regular just uh, jacketed. Well, uh, yours will still penetrate. What yes. they had for armor, yes, so but, it's basically armor piercing. But they do make armor piercing rounds for them. Hmm. Okay. Um. So back to Officer Haynes, who is uh, he's trying to keep the civilians in cover. Uh, one of the f- civilians would later go on to say that he remembered looking remembered looking around for movie studio vehicles to see if he had accidentally stumbled into a film set. Could you imagine feeling like that, just being like? Am I getting fucked with right now? Did I accidentally walk into a movie? Am I well, yeah, going to get film... my extras fee or something? Well, no, because <laughs> sometimes they would do that. They would film in like real cityscapes and you wouldn't think about it. And then there's actually been people that have called the cops while they're filming a movie and they're just shooting blanks. Actually, the old, uh, the old, I think it was like the 60s or 70s TV show SWAT was only filmed like six blocks from where this whole thing happened. Oh, so, <laughs> you know... Um, so he was kind of like, am I getting fucked with here? Did I did I fuck up here and go somewhere? Um, so Haynes kept broadcasting uh, that there was full auto fire. Auto fire um, I'm sorry. As Haynes continued to broadcast, uh, the full, uh, full automatic fire was easily heard in the background over his transmissions. Uh, nearly eight minutes after the first officer needs assistance call went out, the entire North Hollywood Police Department emptied out. Most now respond. Uh, most of the now responding officers took up positions around the south end of the bank. So that was the only up until this point. That was the only part of the bank, the only direction that hadn't really. Don't ha- go that way now. <laughs> well, somewhere around a minute before Phillips began firing outside, uh, Chuck. I'm so sorry that I'm going to mispronounce your last name. I believe it's Paraguay arrived in a Euro, uh, Eurocopter A-Star 350 to provide air support. This guy was a badass. He was a pilot during Vietnam. He uh, he earned a silver star and a purple heart during his one tour of duty as a as a helicopter pilot. Well, so get wounded and... And do some badass crazy shit and save somebody, you know, save some people. Well, if you fucking land and, you know, in, in a hailstorm fire yeah. and, and you take off and save people, eh, kind yeah. of... Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, Paraguay could see Phillips ducking in and out of cover. And as he did this, uh, Officer Zaboravan saw his opportunity. Zaboravan stepped around the side of the kiosk that he had been behind with uh, the two detectives and his partner and rested the brass bead of his 12 gauge Ithaca shotgun in the middle of Larry Phillips back. Ooh. He's, Ithaca, huh? he's, Wait, is there a chance of a spinal tap? Not quite. Um, almost turned that up to 11. Almost. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah, Ithaca shotguns, huh? Yeah, dude. dude I think Ithaca's I make a spinal are... tap reference and you just go, oh, Ithaca shotguns. We're gun nerding over here. Or I'm, I'm like, ha ha, spinal tap. <laughs> Do you always? Never mind. <laughs> so he, he fired, pumped a fresh shell in, fired again. Zaboravan at this point in time is 211 feet from Phillips, which is a long fucking shot with long a 12 gauge shotgun. Yeah, dude. He stitched a pattern up and down Larry Phillips' back with double hot buckshot right through the middle and around, like up to the middle and up to around the left, kind of just how the pattern hit. One itty bitty little double hot buckshot found its new home and Larry Phillips' right ass cheek, leaving a hole around the same diameter as a 32 caliber bullet would. 
It's a good sized fucking hole. Of course, Larry Phillips doesn't realize it because he's jacked up on adrenaline and he's keeping himself calm with the phenobarbital. So he's just kind of zombie at this mm. point in time almost. Um, so like I said, it, it, it essentially caught Phillips right in the wallet. The one spot where he doesn't have armor is on his ass. Um, he stumbled a little bit, which kind of proved to Zaborovan, like, hey, that I'm, I hit him somewhere. I don't know where I hit him, but I hit him. Yeah, I, I nailed this guy. So Phillips then turned to return the favor and drew down on the kiosk as as uh, Zaborovan oh, retreated through it. No, no, no. Phillips fired over 100 rounds into the kiosk. Oh, fuck. Detective uh, Detectives Kurlak and Angelus got as small as humanly possible laying flat on the ground, just trying to get low. Uh, as rounds are tearing through the wood of the building, Zaborovan realizes that det- that the detectives are not wearing body armor, so he laid across their across their backs to provide them some level of protection. Um, seconds after he did the bravest thing he could have possibly done, three rounds hit him in the lower back. Whew. Hold on, <laughs> Whew. got myself all fucked up there. Um, wow, off your mouth speaking. Yeah, so. Anyone not familiar with the impact of around that size, I will definitely be including some videos of ballistic gel testing to show you what this round would do. And imagine that hitting you somewhere between the kidneys and spine, which is essentially where he got hit at the very bottom of his body armor, which, again, was only rated to stop handgun rounds. Mm. So at this point in time, Phillips fully satisfied that he is probably hit and or killed everybody behind that building, turns his attention back to the cruiser where Officer Haynes and the three civilians were now in cover. Officer Haynes is essentially the eye of the storm for him. Like, everything that he, like, his entire attention the entire time is on him first. Anybody else moves, he just kind of like, oh, fuck it, just and take a couple shots over here. And he goes right back to Haynes, who is parked in the middle of the road. So, okay, so let's take a time out here. Yeah. (laughs) So now you've got, okay... You've got one guy who's behind a cruiser. The cruiser's fucked. Yep, one okay. guy and three civilians. And three civilians. All right. Who were just walking down the fucking street yeah. as this happened, and they happened to see what happened. So then, They're like, oh shit, let's go talk so to the because cops. Because you get shot in the ass, you, you turn your attention to across the street from you, light that, built, that building up. You think you've killed everybody because there's just killed stuff. or incapacitated yeah. at this point in time. You don't give a fuck. Everything's You're just flying everywhere. Exactly. And then you you definitely know to the south of that you don't. At this point in time, you don't have anything south of you. You're yeah. fucking wide open. Yeah, on, you're wide you know. open to the north of you. You're kind of still wide open because, well, you got a couple officers, a handful that, of officers that, at most that drew back further. Right. You know, and 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 by the time their weapons hit you, eh. I mean, it's going to be, it might do some damage, but I mean, I, I at this point I'm like, okay, I get the hell out of there. I would be like, okay, well, I Fucking have pushed him back. Nuke. Yep. Pushed him back. Did everything. Okay. Let's move. Let's get out. You're, you're on the, you're on the right track here because you have to remember these are two men who are out gunning. An entire police department. And right now, it's only one man. It's only one man holding off an entire police department. He, the, One man is well, holding no. off somewhere around 20 officers at this point in time. Oh, wait. I thought you said the the South was still open because it, the, the rest has... The, they, they, were starting to, they were starting to filter in, so you're having okay. a couple here and there to the South. But at this point in time, you have one man holding off 20 to 30 police officers. 
by himself. Because uh, a lot, because most of these officers that were responding, they have their shotgun, which is in the cruiser usually. Yeah, yeah. Most of them at this point in time nine have millimeter. Yeah, most of them at this point in time Probably have a, a have a nine millimeter or something. Uh, have a nine millimeter Glock. I'm guessing the there's that older... one guy that's Tackleberry that probably has a 40, 45. <laughs> no, I'm being serious though. Or a 38 revolver. Yeah, you that's, have one guy that has an odd pistol that you know some gets of, made fun of for having it, but he some you of know, the some of the older officers that are responding are probably still using their 38 service revolver that they've had for years and they love it, you know. And it was I guarantee you this was a fucking reliable. eye opener for them to go. I need an automatic pistol now. I cannot use a revolver because six shots is bullshit. Yeah, semi-automatic. Yep. Yep. So, um, okay. So at this point in time, Phillips said, again, we, he turned back to Haynes and the three civilians. He just raked fire back and forth across the cruiser. Uh, one round and ends up hitting officer Haynes high in the shoulder. He also wounded two of the three civilians that are behind the vehicle. Wow. Okay. So let's jump back to the kiosk. Just take a deep breath in for a minute. <laughs> deep breath out. Take a drink, everybody, because it's going to get ugly. <laughs> Why take a drink? Uh, no, no, we're staying drink. We're, no, no, no. It's not getting ugly. We're uh, staying ugly. Uh, yeah. It, it, it Don't gets, take a drink. Chug. Take a chug. It gets uglier before it gets better. Oh, um, well, yeah, because he's... Uh. So we're going to go back behind the kiosk where the Detective Kerlack asked uh, Officer Zaborovan if he could move, to which he said, yeah, I think I can. He's been shot in the back three times at this point in time i can move okay sure so they're moving from car to car um and as they're moving every car that they're going by is just getting fucking peppered left right and center with with rounds um phillips begin it's just he's just firing on him firing on him firing on him there's glass there's broken asphalt flying everywhere um the two are showered with again i'm sorry the two are showered with broken glass and asphalt as as Phillips just continues to fire at them constantly. At the same time, Officer Guy and Detective Angelus try to move to the uh, try to move north through the parking lot. Officer Guy moved ahead to take cover behind a van as Detective Angelus move uh, as she was moving forward. She's out in the open. She's got her pistol in one hand and her radio in the other. As she's running, she trips. No. It's like a horror movie, like, trope. As, as soon as she hits the ground, Philip starts just fucking laying rounds on her. There's rounds hitting everywhere around her. And she's just, she's thinking at this point in time, that it's a matter of seconds until I, I'm, I'm dead. And just as shit starts looking really bad, Philip's caught movement of Zaboravan and Kerlock again, and just, just, like, instantly just switch targets back to them. Leaving her right in the open, and she's like, oh, fuck. So she gets up and scrambles to cover with Officer Guy. So, Kerlack and Zaborovan are fucking beaten feet across this parking lot towards a set of glass doors. And just, it couldn't have happened any more fucking diehard if they scripted it. Just just before they get to these glass doors, four rounds hit them, shatter them. They just run right fucking through. <laughs> so, they're hauling ass. They get... Okay, hold on. Can we just take a deep breath, deep breath right now <laughs> yeah. for a minute? Just let let this let let this let this lie. Take a take a drink. Breathe. Mm-hmm. The rookie saying, "Come so the join the force. It'll be fun. <laughs> It'll no, be great to be a cop. You know, just Catch the, the fact, bad guys. Just the fact of one of the detectives almost died. Both Look, of the detectives almost died. No, I meant the one that tripped. Yep, almost died." However, the sudden movement of her partners saved her. Yep. 
and then they're running towards the building and then some random gunshots from douchebag number one Mm -hmm. breaks the glass and they're able to get in there and get cover yep mind you that one of these guys has been shot yes three times three times in the back and the they're the both. adrenaline and the insanity that must be going on, superheroes. And you have to remember, they're both covered in cuts and scratches and shit from all the asphalt and glass flying everywhere, Dude, too. I was scrubbing my back deck, and my hands are torn the fuck up right now. I can't even imagine what they went as through. As a matter of fact, one of the chunks of glass from this window, as, they're run, as they were running by... Let me guess, stuck in one of their arms. No, it caught Detective Krulak in the back of the calf. <laughs> and they... They just, they were at the, the, as soon as they get through the doors, there's a staircase that goes up. So they fucking, they haul ass right up the stairs. There's a dentist's office at the top of the stairs. The dentist comes out like, uh, what the hell is going on? And the detective's like, he's hurt. We need to help him. And, you know, being a dentist, he's obviously been through medical school. So he probably has a little bit of know-how on some minor first aid stuff. So he's, he's keeping track of Zaboravan. He's helping him out. The entire time, Krulak is on a knee at the top of the stairs with a 12-gauge shotgun trained on the door in case this guy comes through and he's going to blow his fucking face off. Kind of wish he'd gone across the parking lot and just got his fucking teeth brushed with buckshot. I would have loved that. But, unfortunately. (laughs) Um, So, at this point in time, more officers had flooded into the area and Phillips had retreated back into the bank. He dumped the three seventy-five, uh, the three empty seventy-five round magazines. So at this point in time, he's fired 75, 75 somewhere in the neighborhood of about three hundred. Early folks, I don't do math. About three hundred. Well, hold on, let's do some quick math. I'm gonna edit this part out because I can't math good. That's my camera, you asshole finger. Seventy-five times. So at this point in time, after he dumps the three empty magazines, he has fired two hundred and twenty-five rounds. He's wounded Delicious. a handful of officers. He's done fucking massive amounts of damage to vehicles, which who really gives a shit about the vehicles? So as Phillips came back through the back through the ATM lobby. Okay, so at, at this point in time, Larry Phillips ammo pouches are completely empty. He has the 75 round drum magazine that is in his rifle right now. Phillips comes back out, back out of the bank through the ATM lobby, which right where they grabbed this guy at the very beginning. Okay. Hauling half of the duffel bag full of money. Emil Matasarano is walking behind him, just kind of kicking it along, trying to get the bag out the, out the door. Things I was kind of hoping that he'd be doing like that little kid thing when you're trying to when you see a little kid try to pick up a ball, they end up kicking it by accident because <laughs> their hands don't work. <laughs> just so then that way it's like, ha ha, this douchebag he doesn't always do. Put a bullet in him. So at this point in time, things are about to go from bad to much much worse. Nine thirty a.m. around sixteen minutes after the entire thing started. Yeah, that's right. We are over an hour into this. And it's covered 16 minutes. That's how much shit has happened here. That's why I was like, this is going to have to be three parts. So at this point in time, 16 minutes have passed. Two psychopaths have exited the bank through the ATM lobby. and Psychopaths, rem- understatement of the yeah, night. They, they step into the lobby and they kind of hang out there for a couple of minutes, uh, which was long enough for the, for the two of them to, well, more likely the one of them being Larry Phillips to injure two more officers. Um so he probably so he got a uh, a new fresh mag. I'm guessing. Yeah, he he from... he, he had four magazines with him. Oh, okay. So he okay. had three empties that he dumped. Went back into the bank, reloaded. He mm-hmm. uh, they stepped back out into the ATM lobby, and I'm guessing at this point in time he's just firing through glass. He's injured two more officers, uh, knocking them out of the fight. 
While firing from the lobby, Officer Stuart Guy was hit in the right thigh, leaving a massive hole in his leg. Um, Detective Tracy Angelis, who is the the op, the detective that fucking Almost apparently God Swiss cheese, yeah, that apparently God loves her. <laughs> it was like, no, not today's not your day. She she would go on to say that she saw quote his pants were smoking like they were on fire, and there was a huge hole in his leg. The force of the impact lifted Guy off his feet, dumped him on his ass. But somehow he was thinking quickly and clearly enough to unsnap his his gun belt, tie it on as a tourniquet, to have that kind of clarity of mind while you're losing blood like big time. That's fucking incredible to me. After the two minute spree from the from the lobby, Phillips and Matasarano exited. The pair must have thought that their escape was still possible at this point in time because the police and at this point in time the police were almost certain that these guys were. They were going to get away. They were not going to be able to stop them. So 200 feet from the door, officers Whitfield and Haynes decided to make a really, really ballsy move. They decided to leave cover where the civilians were to draw the fire of Phillips and Matasaranu away from the civilians. So you'd think, imagine being behind that car and being a civilian and being like, what the fuck? Where the fuck are you going? Don't leave me here. But they're getting away so that they're not firing at you anymore. That's that's pretty ballsy. Uh, so one or, or both of the shooters noticed them, and uh, they just started fucking firing at them. Uh, rounds chased the officers, striking asphalts and cars... Uh, asphalts. Uh, striking asphalt and cars around them. Uh, Phillips then slung the money bag and walked out of the lobby while Mata Serrano covered uh, provided cover fire. So at this point in time, he's got his homemade body armor, which... What are we going to say? 60 to 80 pounds, probably, somewhere in that area. Uh, that's being, I think, you know, underestimating. <laughs> a, a rifle that at this point in time probably weighs 25 pounds. Yep. And 300,000 fucking dollars in a backpack on his back. And he's still just moving. Like it's nothing. That's oh, training. Oh, wait. Andy's been shot in the ass. They shot me in the ass. Uh. <laughs> they shot me in my ass. <laughs> I just need to fuck up. <laughs> so the worst part on. is I didn't want to make that uh. joke before just because I don't want any humor or joy directed towards these douchebags. No. But here's but where this uh, is deep. Here's where a lot of shit all happens at the same time. Um, so one, you have local news teams arriving on scene, including a helicopter. Um, as the news crews arrived, the gunmen were making their way towards Officer Haynes and Whitfield. They're, at this point in time, walking directly at these two officers, firing almost nonstop. Whitfield sprinted towards a tree uh, to try to put some distance between himself and the two shooters. Um, he tripped. He thought that he tripped over a root or some broken concrete or something. And then he looked down and immediately noticed a massive, massive hole in his leg. The 7.62 round had smashed a chunk. This is disgusting. Of his feet, it, it hit him in the femur, smashing out a chunk somewhere between four and six inches long of his femur. So at this point in time, you've got a chunk of meat hanging out of the back of your leg, blood everywhere, bones stuck in everything. He would spend the next 20 minutes behind a tree fighting for his life. Can, can I actually just cut you off right here? Yeah. I need to know the spoiler. Yeah. What happens? <laughs> I'm going to make you wait. Um, but I'm I, not going to have to wait till next week, am I? Yes. Uh, I have a little bit more here. Um, I definitely want to put uh, I want to put a lot of his calls in 
because like you can hear him oh like uh, I'm shot. Uh, I need help. I can't see. <laughs> I'm going to go to sleep now. And the woman on the, at the dispatch is like, no, you keep talking to me. Keep talking to me. I want to, you know, tell me about what's going on. Just trying to keep him engaged. This guy, this guy probably got it worse than anybody else. Um, Officer Haynes at this point in time was also shot for a second time. It's unclear if he was hit while he was trying to help Whitfield or if he was trying to get into cover. Uh, the second round hit him in the shin, which would also suck. But uh, I think that's where we're going to leave it off for this week, and we're going to come back next week with uh, with the ending of it. And yeah, you just blew apart either your fibula or tibula. Or both, depending or both. on the angle. Well, Because you have to remember, it's, at that point in time, it's not just a bullet hitting bone. It's a bullet, muscle, and bone fragments hitting another bone possibly too, well, which will break. If, if it goes across your shin, it's going to hit fibula or tibia. I mean depending right but if it goes you know if it's coming from the front it can hit both it's and, gonna hit both yeah no matter what it's gonna hit both either way it's gonna ruin your day yeah it fucking hurts but we're we're gonna come back next week and finish this off um yeah it doesn't get any better <laughs> yeah I, i'm i'm you the know whole time i'm i'm kind of doing like this whole mental like okay i'm looking at my ipad and i got the i got a whole uh you know Okay, picture of what's going on in front of me. I'm going, okay, so I can, like, doing chess piece moves here. Almost like I want to draw lines on the Google Maps. Dude, we should have brought some bolt action guys and, like, set up this thing and done it on tabletop just to get, like, show angles and stuff of how, like. I don't want to just because of the simple fact of it's already this is a deep topic. And to have something like a physical representation in front of us is just. Yeah, it especially when you're watching the actual like uh, news camera and police like helicopter camera footage of it. It's fucking intense. Like you can like I, I sat I watched a documentary about it and I I didn't have the sound on. I'm just watching it, just going holy shit. I could not imagine what these fucking guys are going through. You know. Yeah. So just remember the next. You know, I I don't want to bring it up really, but everybody fucking hates on the cops so much right now. These guys were literally just doing their jobs, and they got a lot of them almost fucking died because of this. But, but they learned a lot from it, though. Absolutely. This is this is now why, you know, like everybody will be like, well, why why, why do the police need armored vehicles and AR-15s and stuff like this? Because of this exact situation. Because there was no SWAT at this time, right? No, there's SWAT. Yeah, there, there was SWAT, but well, it's not it's on. not the SWAT that we. You know, it, it was, it was like essentially military. No, it, it was. I mean, it was still SWAT, but it was like not as evolved as it is today. Where the fuck were they? They hadn't been called in yet. What? We're going to get to that. But bullshit. One of these motherfuckers on the SWAT team is the baddest man on the planet. He shows up because he had they were doing uh, like training exercises and stuff, I guess. And his, the rest of his team had gone back into. Well, uh, don't, don't, don't. Oh, no, 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 no. It, it, it's fine. The rest of his team had gone back in to, uh, to change and stuff like that. And he figured, I'm just going to do one more lap around the courtyard. Is out for a run. Call comes in. He shows up at the scene in fucking shorts and sneakers. <laughs> We're talking like, like nut hugger, like 70s basketball shorts and fucking like white New Balance sneakers. <laughs> But but like I said, like we were saying, this is the this situation is exactly why the police now have, you know, almost military grade weapons for certain things. It's because of this, because there is so much shit that this could have ended 
instantly. If there was four officers outside with AR-15s, they would have put these dickheads down in the fucking dirt. Nobody would have got hurt. It would have been over instantly. Exactly. It would not have lasted 44 minutes. You would not have had damn near 50 officers and civilians wounded. It would have been over just like that. Wow. You have four guys take up a position where they're coming out, and you just fucking light them up as they walk out of the bank. Jesus. That's all it would have been. It would have been fucking done. So... Tune in next week yeah, for it's, more of I'll be here. North Hollywood Bank Shootout. It's a lot like sex in a campground. It's fucking intense. And uh, <laughs> yeah. intense. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Bam! We got to get some some comedy in this because Ugh. this and, thing and, was and, fucking and you know what? terrible. Because of this episode, this would be a perfect time for you to go out and or go on to studio.com. Yep. Check out a pair of headphones or earbuds to listen to an episode like this. Yep. So that, you know, nobody else can hear it because it might be disturbing to other people. Yeah, it was disturbing for me researching it. And this is this is the topic that essentially got me into true crime as a kid because this I was uh, 10 years old when this happened. So this is like the first time I'd ever seen like a, whoa, holy shit, what's going on there? And after this is like I got sucked into like the you know, world's wildest police chases and shit like that. And, I just know. watch Cops because I love that intro. <laughs> bad boys, bad boys, what you gonna do? That, how often do you get to see a, how often do you get to see a, a cross-dressing midget truck driver outrun the cops? That's fucking awesome. <laughs> I'm not gonna say anything because actually that band got pulled over in Vermont once. <laughs> it actually did. Mainly but, because they, one of their lights was out, like one of their key lights mm-hmm. were the their brake lights, and it was like, hey, you might want to get that fixed. <laughs> Nothing serious. But anyway, so yeah, throw those those things in your cart. Go to checkout. 15% off because we love you, and we want you to listen to our shit with the best shit there is. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Muscles. I'm all and fucking you, pumped you, up after this one. if that's not enough to get 15% off, we can get you, well, Seth can get you... <laughs> I can get you $2 off a hobby holder because I said it earlier and I'll say it again. And that way, if you, Mr. Kevin H., you, Mr. Kevin C., or, you know, a special little friend named Jenkins, because I got to get him into this episode at some point, (laughs) are into the hobby holding for your miniatures because you need it. What? I'm kind of disappointed. I I will give you a spoiler alert. There is actually not an Officer Jenkins in this story. (laughs) Honestly, okay, like straight up real talk. (laughs) This is 100% for the episode. I was going to make an offhanded comment. About the usual thing, like I do. This is not the time. Oh wait, this is you, not the time. This was not the episode to do it. This was not. The next episode, you get to pull a Jenkins on one of these dickhead shooters. <laughs> okay, but I was just saying in general. This sometimes I know we have a lot of fun, especially me. I like to crack a lot of jokes or just be random, or whatever. This is the type of topic. This is the type of thing where. I dial it back, I listen, and because it's serious, because, yeah, we talk about a bunch of crazy shit, but this is a topic that is very dark, and a lot yep. of people suffered. Yep. And So I know, like, I had, it was like, I could crack a joke here, not the time. And, and the other thing to keep in mind is, most of these officers are still, I mean, a, a lot of them are still alive because there wasn't that many that were that old. Some of these guys are still police officers to this day. Yeah. 21 fucking years later. So that's... I mean, I couldn't... I, I think if, if I was like, no, I, I think I'm done. I'm going to go work at uh, Kmart or something because fuck this. <laughs> we don't have Kmart in our in our. No, it, it's dead. I'm going to work at Ames. New Englanders good. will know that one. Yeah. Boom. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, like we were saying before and I've said before uh, at the beginning part of the episode and I say every time, if you're into painting miniatures or you know anybody that is painting 
independent miniatures. Like your boy Jenkins. Jenkins! Uh, you can head over to GameEnvy.net and you can find yourself some sweet hobby-related products like the Hobby Holder. And then you put in that promo code at the checkout. I said in the beginning of the episode, if you're not sure, it's Broadstone, folks. And uh, you can save yourself some money off of that bad boy. Boy. And I'm not going to lie. I'm kind of depressed right now <laughs> because you think you're going to be fine. Then all of a sudden you start hearing about the craziness. You know what will bring you back, though? I'm going to go home painting an imperial fist. If anybody knows what that is, send me a message. You know what will really bring you back, though? This is where you can now find our show. We're now on. Uh, we were on there before. You can find us on bah, Apple Podcast. Bah. It used to be iTunes, but whatever it is now. Apple Podcasts. You know. Podbean. Podcast Addict. That's where nope. I get it. Yeah. Not, not, I don't think it's on there anymore. Uh, I downloaded the newest episode. If not, okay. guess what? I'm out. If not, that's cool. But you're on. we're on Podbean, Google Play, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast. We are now on iHeartRadio, Radio Republic, and Breaker. Oh, awesome. Urban Legends number one. Podcast cool. Addict, We're folks. still on Podcast Addict, but we are on, we're on these ones as well. Um, at some point in time, we're going to hopefully end up on SoundCloud when uh, they're still working the kinks out, trying to get SoundCloud on board uh, with the network, and, and also Spotify. But the other thing that's really super fucking cool is if you go to megaphone.fm, you can actually listen to our show on your computer, which is super cool. So if you're at work and you're trying to sneak us in, plug your headphones into that bitch and you can listen to us right there. You go on your wait, fucking wait, spreadsheets you, and bullshit and they don't even know what you're doing. Could you plug in your uh, your studio? You headphones? can plug in your studios to it. Yeah. Boom. Oh, yeah. I know. See, look at me cross As, pollination. But if you're going to plug your studios in, they have to be the region because they're the only ones that have an auxiliary cable. The rest of them are Bluetooth. But if you get the little earbuds, you can stick them in and nobody fucking even sees them. It's beautiful. Yeah. Keep bragging. My, I don't have them yet. I want them. My hobby holder base mod glows in the dark sun but what? i can't get him because i'm in the process of buying a new studio slash house with my wife and i can't get him because i just <laughs> spent a lot of money on miniature related stuff and kevin can't get him because he just bought a fucking brand new ipad the son of a bitch <laughs> i'll buy what i want to buy so shut up anyway right. we so, didn't say you couldn't buy it we just said that you probably wouldn't because you just bought some new toy listen that was cheap and you got a sweet ass case on it too that's sexy it's like Gray parquet flooring? Yeah, Hell not yeah. like my fucking cheap-ass hey, hey, case. Hey, hey, whoa, whoa. Yours is sweet. Yeah, because it's got a uh, Plymouth hot pepper <laughs> cheese on it, which I absolutely love. Dude. <laughs> whoa, it's got this sweet Dark Windows podcast Listen. sticker. And a yeti. That's the reason why I bought mine is because of yours. So Yeah, Aww. keep fucking stealing my gimmick, bruh. But anyway. anyway. Yeah, if you if you want to if you want to uh, get in touch with us, you go to... Uh, you can just email us. Yep, we're at uh, darkwindowspod at gmail.com. Yep, you can look us up on Facebook. We're at wow. Facebook. Facebook. Search Dark bar Windows. Dark Windows Podcast. I like how you guys are both on Facebook, and I don't even know what it is, and even I know how to do use Dude, a search all, bar. all I do exactly. on Facebook is fucking is stuff for the show. All you do is fucking? Yeah, and that too. And then you can go on to Twitter. Look us up on Dark Windows Pod. Same for Instagram, Dark Windows Pod. And mm-hmm. I also put in the show notes. Uh, hey. links to all of our Instagram accounts, including. Oh, I was going to say, uh, wait, where's my Instagram? Account? Oh yeah. My Instagram. <laughs> Seth my... Understone. <laughs> Seth Understone. Understone. Broadstone. <laughs> Overstone. All around. Creativities. <laughs> you can find me at Broadstone. I spelled it in the beginning of the episode, folks. Start listening, please. I love you all. 
yeah. underscore creations. Broadstone underscore creations. And we got to wrap this up because my wife's calling me. She's probably mad. Um, just so, yeah. because you can't see out into the dark doesn't mean that the dark can't see into you. Kisses. I love you. Rate, review. Send us emails. Yeah, Later. buddy. Goodbye.